أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحديث السابع والثلاثون عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما يروي عن ربه تبارك وتعالى قال إن الله كتب 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 الحسنات والسيئات ثم بين ذلك فمن هم بحسنة فلم يعملها كتبها الله عنده حسنة كاملة وإن هم بها فعملها كتبها الله عنده عشر حسنات إلى سبعمائة بعث إلى أضعاف كثيرة وإن هم بسيئة فلم يعملها كتبها الله عنده حسنة كاملة وإن هم بها فعملها كتبها الله سيئة واحدة رواه البخاري ومسلم في صحيحهما بهذا الحروف بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد This is hadith number 37 of the 40 ahadith or 50 ahadith of the 40 al-Nawawiyya. This hadith is a hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi means this hadith, the words are from Allah. Rather, the meaning of the hadith is from Allah and it is reported by the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith is not the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith is the speech of Allah. The only difference is that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who reports the hadith from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is different from Quran. Because Quran are the exact words of Allah the way he spoke them. In the hadith Qudsi, it is a report. The meaning is from Allah but the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reported it maybe in his own words sallallahu alayhi wasallam because he says in most of the ahadith uh, al-qudsi allah says or your lord has said so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written inna allah kataba allah has written al-hasanati was-sayyiati the good things and the bad things thumma bayyana dhalik then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that clear. In other words, it's already written with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his lawhul mahfuz, which actions are considered to be good actions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed a reward upon them. It is also written in the lawhul mahfuz, which actions are considered bad actions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed a punishment upon them it's not random you know even in the way that we rule our countries i don't think when you commit something which is illegal they take you to court and then they pass the punishment just just randomly what did he do this is what he did and then the judge just decides this is what i'll do with him is is that the way it is done that's not the way it is done. It is stipulated in the Constitution what kind of punishment is supposed to be administered for what kind of crime. 
It would be unfair, for example, if someone stole an egg and he was taken to court and sentenced to death. Everyone would say this is not in the Constitution because a person is not sentenced to death for stealing an egg. We know which crimes deserve the death sentence and which crimes do not deserve the death sentence. And everyone knows for crimes such as uh, defilement, I'm told uh, for defilement you don't get less than 20 years. I, I don't know if my information is correct. You don't get less than 20 years and, and everyone knows that, all right? Because it's stipulated in the, in the Constitution. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a supreme ruler. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just. And therefore, for everything which somebody does, everything wrong, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written a kind of punishment that is supposed to be administered for the wrong thing that he does. But the difference is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ability to forgive. He wrote the punishment for everything, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive anything he wants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive anyone associating partners with him, but he forgives anything else for the person that he wants. So in the same way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written the hasanat, the good things, and written the sayyat, and then he made that clear. Where did he make that clear? He wrote the hasanat, and he wrote the sayyat, and then he made that clear. Where did he make it clear? Where did he explain that? He explained that in this very hadith. And he's going to explain now. These are the hasanat, the good things, and these are the bad things, and this is what I do. These are the details. What are the details? When a person intends to do something good, and he fails to do it, because something comes in his way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes for that person a complete or a full good deed. We give an example of a person who intends to fast on a Monday. And he wakes up in the morning with the intention of fasting. Then someone comes to him and invites him to a wedding, for example. And he does not want to turn down this invitation. He wants to be dutiful to his fellow Muslim, to his Muslim brother. So he responds to this call and goes to the wedding and eats instead of fasting. He woke up with the intention of doing what? Of fasting on Monday. What came in his way, someone invited him. And he responded to the invitation. Allah writes it with himself, Hasanatan kamila, a complete good deed, meaning a full Monday of fasting. Kamila means complete. No nuts in it. For you, you woke up in the morning and fasted maybe up to nine hours. 
Then after that, now someone convinced you to eat because there is a party, because it's something, something important, something you had to respond to. You fasted how many hours? Maybe two, three hours. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes for you, Hasanatan Kamila, a full day of fasting. This is the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he intends to do something good, and he manages to do that good thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies it by 10. Or he multiplies it by 700. Or he multiplies it many more times than that. How do you explain that? At one point Allah says he multiplies it by 10. At another point he says he multiplies it by 700. At another point he says he multiplies it many more times than 700. Let's continue with the example of fasting. A person who intended to fast and has been invited to a party and decides to respond to this da'wah, Allah writes for him a full day of fasting, right? Then here is another person who intended to fast on Monday and he fasted on Monday, he fasted the entire Monday. For him, what has been written for him? 10 Mondays of fasting as a minimum. The one who didn't fast, he intended to fast but did not fast because of something that came in the way, gets one Monday. The one who intended to fast and actually fasted gets 10 Mondays. But then some people will get 700 Mondays. And others will get more than 700 Mondays. What? What differentiates it? Why would one get 10 Mondays and the other person 700 Mondays and the other one more than 700 Mondays? Does, does anyone have an answer to that? Uh, Mamadou says the quality. Anyone else? None. Uh, Dawood says the intention. Anything else? And both answers are correct. Sheikh Sulaiman, you had something. Uh, Sheikh Sulaiman says because he fasts himself and encourages other people to fast. Um, I'll get back. Let's start with uh, Mamadus. Mamadus says the quality of, of the fasting. Obviously. Fasting is not the same. Some people fast and the quality of their fasting is so high. They concentrate on ibadah, they read Quran. The quality is not just the same as the person who simply declares he is not fasting and stays away from his food and drink and in every other way he's, he's, he's just like one who is not fasting. The quality is different. The intention is also different. Someone may have an intention much stronger than the intention of someone else. Some people may fast in order to be, to be seen, in order to achieve certain worldly things, and some are going to fast sincerely for the sake of Allah. They just want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The place may also matter. The place may matter, and the time may matter. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, Salah in this masjid. Salah in this masjid 
is multiplied by 100,000. In which masjid? Sorry. Salah in this masjid is multiplied by 1,000. In which masjid? No, in Masjid al Nabawi. His masjid. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Except in Masjid al Haram, where Salah is multiplied by 100,000. 100,000. Because of the sanctity of the, of the place. A good deed that is done in the Haram is multiplied many more times than a deed or a good deed that is done outside the Haram because of the sanctity of the area. After the Quran, It might be multiplied because of the sanctity of the, the area, such as Masjid al-Haram. Obviously, a person fasting in the precincts of the Haram it's not the same as a, uh, I mean, a person fasting outside the, the Haram. And Ramadan in Mecca is not the same as Ramadan elsewhere. Remember the hadith where the Messenger وسلم, says, a person who makes Umrah in Ramadan is like a person who makes Hajj with Rasulullah That's the fadl which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to, to that area. And sometimes it has to do with the time. Ramadan, for example, good deeds in Ramadan are much better or multiplied more than good deeds in any other time except the 10 days of the Hijjah, the first 10 days. There are no better days in the world than the first 10 days of the Hijjah because actions during these days are multiplied. So that's why the Messenger وسلم, in his report of this Hadith Al-Qudsi says, Allah is going to multiply it by 10 or by 700 or many more times than 700. For example, Salah in the Haram is many more times than 700. It's 100,000, which is much more than 700. But let's talk about basics. If something is multiplied by 700, I want you to think about charity, for example. If you decide to give for the sake of Allah, not seeking anything else but the pleasure of Allah, and you give a hundred kwacha, if Allah multiplied that by 700, how much is your hundred kwacha? Sorry? Seven thousand. A hundred kwacha multiplied by 700. seven hundred. No, just, just use a calculator. No, just, just use a calculator. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's be sure. Seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. No, no, no. Try, try again. Uh, seven. Yes. Yeah. Seven, Seventy thousand. Right? If, if someone came to you with, with a business where you invest 100 kwacha and get out of it 70,000, would you invest in that business? I give you an investment opportunity. Put in 100 kwacha and 
get 70,000 out of the business, would you invest in it? You would invest in it. Even if you don't know the person. Yes, you would. People have invested a lot of money and people have run away with their money, money doublers. They came and told them they could turn their $1,000 into $20,000 and they invested and the people ran away with, with their money. Allah gives us an investment opportunity, but obviously we, we don't trust him. We have very little trust in, in Allah. To us, these are just, they're just stories. You would not risk your hundred kwacha for such kind of multiplication. Man And Allah has said in another hadith Qudsi, I am the way my slave thinks of me. Think of me what you want. I am the way you think of me. If you trust me, you will see trust. If you don't trust me, you will get nothing out of me. So it's up to you. Think of me whatever you want. If you trust Allah, alhamdulillah, you will reap the rewards. If you don't trust him, you will get nothing. It's just that simple. Then he says, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, after that, Now, if he intends to do something bad, and he does not do it, Allah records for him one full good deed. For example, if a person intends to go and drink beer, then he changes his mind and does not go. Allah writes for him a full good deed for not doing it, for refusing to do it. Allah rewards him. This religion is not just about doing. This religion is also about not doing. In fact, the most difficult part of this religion is not the doing part. The most difficult part of this religion is the not doing part. Doing is not difficult. Doing is very easy. To pray five times a day is not difficult. I'll tell you that. To pray five times a day is easy. The not doing part is the difficult part. Which is more difficult, to pray five times a day or to stop backbiting people? Be honest. Which one is more difficult? To pray five times a day or not to talk about people? Which one is more difficult? To stop talking about people is more difficult. Praying five times a day is easy compared to not talking about people. The problem is we've misunderstood this religion. We think it's only about doing. The most difficult part of this religion is not doing. That is the most difficult part of this religion. Staying away from certain things. I read something very interesting. Uh, uh, um, I think it was yesterday on social media. Where someone quotes uh, one of the uh, ulama. He says, 
to leave a doubtful dirham. One dirham which you think is doubtful, you think this is not halal. To leave it alone, there is much more piety in that than giving 6,000 dirham in charity. The doing part is easy. Giving in charity is easy, but to stop obtaining what is haram is difficult. It's very difficult. If I asked you now, after, after stealing a bunch of money, may Allah protect us from that, after stealing a bunch of money, I ask you to give away 5,000, that's very easy. It's very easy. Someone steals like 20,000, 30,000, we ask him to give 2,000, you think that's difficult? That's easy. The difficult part is, don't take it. Not, not to take it, not to take what is haram, but that is difficult. If you remember when I spoke about Ahbad al-Nas, the greatest worshipper, I said the greatest worshipper is not the one who, who comes to the masjid often and, and prays and so on. The greatest worshipper is the one who stays from haram, I mean haram, the one who stays away from haram. Tell me who is most likely to be in a scandal. The person who missed Salatul Dhuhr and the one who uh, committed zina. Who's most scandalous? Which is a bigger scandal? Oh. <laughs> the, 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 the one who missed Salatul Dhuhr is going to cause a bigger scandal. The one who made zina. The one who failed to leave something haram alone is much more likely to be scandalized than a person who failed to do an obligation. Salah is an obligation, it's wajib. But when a person fails to do it, the person is not scandalized. Zina is haram, someone should not do it. When a person does it, he scandalizes himself. So it's the things that you must not do when you do them that will scandalize you much more than the things you're commanded to do when you don't do them. Who, whoever saw people, a group of people seated, uh, uh, backbiting someone who didn't pay zakat? No, if you've seen it, you tell me. If you ever found a group of people who sat down discussing someone because, because he didn't pay zakat, you ever, you, you, you ever found a group? But have you ever found a group of people uh, uh, sitting and talking about someone who, who committed zina? Or someone who made someone pregnant? You, you ever seen that? That's very common. That's all they talk about. Where did you ever find a group of people seated talking about someone who did not come to the masjid at Zuhri today? You ever seen that? But we're much more committed to the doing than the Turk. Turk is ibadah. Give me a hadith. Give me a hadith which shows that Turk is an integral part of this religion, leaving something alone. Leaving what Allah has made haram. There's a hadith and we've done it in this Arba'in al-Nawawi. One hadith. Who remembers the hadith? Min husni islam al-mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'nihi. The best Islam of a man is living alone things which do not concern him. That is the best Islam. The hadith didn't say min husni islam al-mar'i salawat al-khams. That's not the best Islam of a man. The best Islam of a man, tark. Not fi'l. Tarkuhu ma la ya'ni. So my advice to you and to myself, 
Don't only concentrate on the fi'l. Also concentrate on the tark. The tark is important. I'm not saying fi'l is not important. It's very important, okay? Everyone must pray five times a day. Everyone must fast. Everyone must give zakat. But Islam is not just about fi'l. Islam is also about tark. What you must not do. Balance these two. Balance them. Do and don't do. But if you only do, and then you ignore the Turk part, then where's the husn of, of Islam? So, if he intends to do something bad, and he leaves it, Turk, he gets a reward. So there's a reward for Turk, yes. In the same way, there's a reward for fi'l, there's also a reward for what? For Turk, for leaving something. Something you could have done. But what if he goes, he wants to do it, and then he gets the ladder, tries to climb the ladder, and the ladder breaks. He wants to steal, right? And the ladder breaks, and then people, ah, yeah, he wants to steal, and he runs away. He gets a reward, right? No, 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 no. This one doesn't get a reward. This one doesn't get a reward because he didn't change his mind. He didn't change his mind. Something came, uh, uh, I mean, and obstructed him. Therefore, he doesn't get a reward. In fact, he has stolen because he started the work. By climbing on a ladder, it means you've already started the process of stealing. All right? Someone who, Akramakumullah, wants to, 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 to commit zina, and he's there trying to commit zina, and then the lady slaps him and pushes him out of the room and locks the door. This one has committed zina. You think this one will get a reward for, for failing? He only gets a reward if he makes up his mind and says, Subhanallah, I can't do this. He stands up and leaves the room. That one deserves a reward. But the one who's been pushed and slapped and then locked outside, this one doesn't deserve a reward. I think we'll summarize uh, the end of the hadith, then going to the next hadith next week by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we've run out of time. أقول ما تسمعون واستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم وسائل المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق والرياء يا رب العالمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين